0: All right, everybody listening. Welcome back to dissecting popular IT nerds today. We have Ed Lopez on the show, and we're winging this again, man. This is this is the first time we've talked, so I appreciate you jumping on the show here and and be willing to be, be one of the you know you're probably like the fifth one that I've done this without you know at least us doing an interview first. So I appreciate it, man. So hey, um, director of IT for and you're currently a director of IT at a fairly large kind of pharmaceutical company, but give me kind of just your general, you know, how'd you, how'd you get started into, in technology anyways, man? What was, um, you know, like, I guess what was your first computer or your first taste of technology as a, as a child?
1: Um, I, I think, you know, for, for everybody, I think it was a Commodore 64
0: it does seem like that's for every, it was yeah. either that or like an Apple two C or something. But you know, every now and then I get some guy that was like, Oh, I had, um, you know, like, I don't know, it was Pentium two or something. I'm like, Oh, you're young. But, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. So Commodore 64. So, so shoot, man, how'd you get that?
1: You know, um, I kind of fell into it. Um, I'll tell you that, you know, my dad was kind of like in uh, telecom and it, um, oh, I you like know, that. I got, Yeah, I got this, and this is back in in the day, but, um, you know, I got my Commodore, and I I remember him sending me one of the kind of the first IMs, where um, it was just like a broad modem just dialing up, Um, and this was, that's how it kind of started, Um, me just having conversations with my dad, who because you know, um, um, he was uh, in another part of the country, and um, having that kind of conversation was kind of, uh, that's what got me
0: going. That's actually pretty deep. That's pretty, deep on mo- that's pretty deep on an emotional level, you know, let alone um, the, whatever, how fast your modem was. What was the first modem? I mean, did you have like the old, I can't remember, what was, this, what was that thing called where we took the handset and put it on like the, what was that? <laughs> um, did you have that?
1: Yeah, 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 something very similar. Um, but yeah, it basically was actually tossed the handset on this cradle. Yeah. And uh, it was just like an analog receiver. And, um, oh my God, I'm dating myself too.
0: But, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm googling old school modems As we speak Because I've got to get this correct Terminology here And uh Let's see here what was, I think that it was like thing a 28 I think uh, it was at 28 speed or something like that It was really dirt flow uh, Modulate Why can I not remember the name of that thing now nah, I'm going to really make myself look stupid Because people are going to be like oh, Come on Phil um, Acoustic coupler acoustic coupler that was the name of that thing or you took the handset off the old kind of maybe I don't know I guess maybe you could do it with rotary dial but at least a touch tone tone and put it on there yeah. it was in those movies like weird science and stuff like yeah. that yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly
1: so it was one of those kind of uh, early um where you had a huge floppy drive um it was 5 and a quarter um it was it was pretty archaic I wish I kept it actually
0: 300 baud. I do. I wish i had kept all my old computers. Now I went over to my dad. So my first computer was a Texas instruments and my, my dad purchased it. He was a, he was a doctor, uh, kind of ironic because you're in, in healthcare now, we kind of like learned together. I didn't have, you know, a really cool dad that was in telecom, um, that would, that would communicate with me via that. We did not have, yeah, I come from like a very small town. We definitely did not have access to any internet or, um, you know, messaging boards and stuff like that. So you're, so you're going back and forth with your dad. And then, um, so kind of what was like, you know, what was the next step? Like what, what was high school like in technology? I mean,
1: you know, high school was just your regular, um, uh, computer science, nothing really out of the ordinary writing code. I mean, <laughs> would give you like a huge uh, book and you'd probably write a code, like a, a sentence for, for probably about 45 minutes to actually get nothing to happen. <laughs> um, yeah, um, but back, day, back in the day, that's how it started, and um, it kind of got me curious, but actually I fell into IT. I'll tell you, um, I just got a, a really good gig when I was in college. Um, I started working for an MSP that was supporting a pharmaceutical company, was supporting Y Pharmaceuticals. So I started off as a level one. Uh-huh. Um, like in I the knock really type of thing? Like in the knock? Actually support, like helped us. Just okay. being able, supporting other okay. field sales, um, making Sweet. sure that they were able to synchronize and communicate, and, and mm-hmm. that's what really got me, got me going. Um, I was. What were you guys to, selling
0: back then? Selling T ones or what?
1: Um, we once, yeah, we were on uh, T ones. Um, the input, I mean, so we were a call center basically in in Manhattan, uh, supporting <laughs> um about thirty thousand calls a month. So it was a it was a fast paced. Um, environment. And um, what was really interesting was I got really got my first taste of the uh, SLA. So what are what are service level agreements? Um, <laughs> and um, because you were you were kind of like you had a, a monthly QA, right? So if uh-huh. you did if you got X amount of scores in your QA and I'm talking about like if you have uh-huh. if you have more than three seconds of dead air when you're communicating with an end user, uh-huh. um, you you know, you'd be dinged on it. Mm. I would always hit my Q, my QA. I would always have top scores, and and mm-hmm. um, and eventually, I mean, it really took an interest. Started um, really getting involved with the reps and identifying what what their perception of IT was, mm-hmm. and so um, and then and then quickly moved. I think I held that position for probably about a year, and then I was moved over to a level two spot. So I, I worked you know from the ground up.
0: It's you know I had a my first non-restaurant job in college because it was normally like, you know, it was like Jim's Wings in Fort Collins. I went to Colorado State. I was working at Jim's Wings and I was delivering pizzas. But my first real job was in a very large call center working for Quest Wireless doing uh, mobile phone support on old like analog phones and, and teaching people how to, you know, enter a contact into their phone and, and press the, you know, the two button twice for B and six, three times, and then two again, twice to type in Bob. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> you know the, the millennials won't know what we're talking about. Well, I guess maybe, it depends. Oh my God. It,
1: depends if you,
0: it depends on if the cutoffs at 78, 1978, then some people will know. But, um, oh, but yeah, that, that job taught me a lot. It was fast paced. It was a lot of fun. And I think people underrate call centers, you know, working in a call center in college and kind of when you're younger is actually a great job.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so IT was never really the focus. I mean, I wanted wanted to go into um, meteorology.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No money there. (laughs) Yeah, no, but you know what? That's the only job that you get paid to be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. You're right. (laughs) <laughs> wow, we have kind yeah. of a lot of in common. I did this this uh nonprofit thing for this meteorology people that we were like, what did we call? What did we do? It was uh, it was how they measure like you know hail, like hail placement and and where you 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 put basically put all these like square styrofoam things out with foil wrapped around it, and then when there was a hailstorm, it would you know put pockmark. <laughs> and you would measure that and, and that's how they figured out, you know, how they would measure hailstorms and stuff. Total you silent. know
1: what? Yeah, yeah. It's really true. I remember Uh-oh. that.
0: So, all right. So meteorology and that was, um, not going to happen. And I was going to go to school and that was not going to happen. And, uh, you know, I kind of fell into this technology thing, selling T1s back in the day and and you were kind of doing that and working in, in, you know, like help desk support area. So how do you, so then what happened? What was the big jump? I mean, that was, I'll tell you,
1: I mean, I mean, I still think that, you know, support and everything that we know now is, didn't exist back then. So it, I just, you know, moved into a level two role. I still just doing my job. Um, um, but this time I was able to kind of look at everything that was going on from the perspective. And, um, I, you know, for some reason I just worked very, very well with, um, the people around me. I kind of got noticed. Um, mm-hmm. and I kind of became like one of the, their subject matter experts for, mm-hmm. um, on the team. Mm-hmm. And, it wasn't until I was introduced. I had a really cool director um, mm. who actually actually showed me and kind of got it got it out of my head that my job should just be looked at as my career. Mm-hmm. And he really, you know, introduced me to ITO and what and why uh, it's really important to to look at um, customer experience mm-hmm. and um, so you know and seeing how a help desk can actually become a service desk, you know. So. And it wasn't until then where I really took things a little bit differently and I knew that I wanted to focus. Um, at that age, uh, you know, I didn't see anything past 30. So, um, you know, I didn't think that I would have the career that I have today, but um, I will say that it's, uh, it's uh, one of my mentors who taught me, definitely started me off and sent me on the right path.
0: So that's key because I've been talking a lot lately about mentorship and IT mentorship and you're one of the very few. Uh, because of all the guys that I ask, I would say, and, and maybe this will, maybe the statistics will change as I start to ask more people on the show, but I would say so far, it's about 95% of IT leaders, IT directors had no mentors. Wow. Which is really crazy to me. Wow. Um, but you had, you can clearly, you can clearly speak to someone that made a difference uh, in your life. And not only that, kind of noticed that you were, you had the ability to pr- possibly I guess listen to people and and not kind of that weird engineering mindset uh that some people can't you know can't get out of and uh I was I actually have a show that's being released today um from uh Phil's with with Phil Sarang and he actually had to like go into deep coursework and learn how to just you know kind of really filter and listen and listen to people and really be able to hear people and then here you have a you had a mentor at a kind of younger age saying, you know, it's about customer experience and a service desk, not a help desk. And that's, oh, yeah. It's not um, just, it's not just fixing broken, you know what I mean? It's yeah. about serving people.
1: So. Yeah. Um, it was, it would tell us, trust me, it was definitely um, a challenge because I was, you know, they really don't teach you how to become a manager. Right. Uh-huh. Um, you do have the management courses, but like when you're, when you're working on a large desk and you have to kind of manage a lot of different personalities, Uh Um, so, and and on top of field reps, you know, and understanding their point of view and seeing what's going on, you, you either, um, it's good to have that, that customer experience and and background, you know, Mm -hmm. um, What do
0: some of those coaching conversations look like for you? Like what were some of the, maybe what was like one of the things that you ran into that was, you know, hey, you know, service desk guy. Like, we're we're gonna ser- we're gonna serve this field rep. You know, he's not just an idiot asking for like, you know, I don't know, whatever it is. You know, like, what's, like what, what were some of those coaching conversations? Or is there anything that's that you were able to help coach people on and help them maybe see the light? I guess.
1: <laughs> um, I'll tell you that um, <clears throat> I so i I get, I get very involved with my staff. Um, and I, so I, you know, I work my way from level one, so I know all, everything that they have to do, all the long days, there's sometimes reading off a script, um, sometimes it gets a little monotonous. Uh, so I do engage um, my staff and I like to know that they're either, they either have a career path or they know what they want out of IT. Um, <clears throat> I have very real conversations, um, because, you know, I, I don't like to micromanage and they're adults. Um, But I really try to uh, promote um, where they are taking accountability for um, a specific, maybe a ticket. It could just be a nonsense ticket that comes through the desk. Sometimes it's those small things that fall between the cracks. um, And that kind of turns into a hot issue, right? Um, And just to be always accountable for their work and what they they put out. Um, And I always feel that, you know, you should always dress the part make sure, even though you're at something in a contact center and you're not really, in, you know, interacting sometimes with a lot of, um, management, mm-hmm. you should always at least, you know, um, I have a thing that I, I kind of don't uh, approve of, uh, um, graphic tees, right. But I don't care what, what, what basically you, you come in with, right. You should always be able to support your end users and be able to have a, a conversation and present, um, you know, Graphic tees.
0: Wait, are you saying graphic t-shirts? Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. T-shirt. So I can't come in with like a, a like a slipknot like T-shirt on. The top. <laughs>
1: no, I've seen some crazy. I've seen some crazy ones actually come in. <laughs> wherever. I've had HR actually approach me on some of them. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And um, and of course, you know, I mean, I'm accountable for my staff, and they know that. Um, mm-hmm. But I will tell you that um, in my career, I've never had um, I've never had a technician call out on a snow day. And um, so I, you know, and so for the first time ever, I've kind of gotten a 360 um, review. So this is where my, my staff gets to review me. Yep. And I'll tell you that those are the, the comments that mean more to me than, uh, you know, not that it means more to me than what my superiors think, but it, it, it holds very high. Me, so.
0: One of the best things I think any leader can do is take his entire team, put them in a room, like give them like a, a form right, and then yep. and and then leave, and let them like completely you know provide all the feedback on you possibly you know what I mean I think it's in like yeah. first break I think it's first break all the rules, I think that's the book that has the form in it, but to mm-hmm. to to leave and then and then put someone in charge of typing up all of that feedback so that it's completely anonymous so no one has to feel like, you know, anything like that. And then you get handed this manila envelope with all the feedback on your leadership. That can be one of the most um, humbling and best experiences that you can do. So yeah, I applaud you for that one.
1: It really, um, it really shapes how you interact with people. Um, But you know what, I'm only as good as my staff. So I know that if I'm not doing the best, you know, for them, I'm not going to be able to, to do well myself. Right. And, um, and I've never, uh, I've never, uh, never dropped the ball. I like, can honestly say I've never had any major problems with staffing. I've always had a good crowd. Um, and if, you know, you go through probably some of my experience, but I've, I've been able to do this even and I have staff around the world, like in Nairobi. So, um, and that's mm-hmm. interesting managing, uh, uh, a support desk and a whole different um, way of life than in, in you know, Nairobi, Kenya. So,
0: have you been over there?
1: Oh yeah, I used to, I used to travel. I used to go almost every quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I worked for uh, the International Rescue Committee. So I basically helped them um, establish the support structure that I currently have now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, I got the great opportunity to, you know, my CIO said that you're going to have a problem if I send you to the Congo. And and so he, he wasn't joking. <laughs> he sent me everywhere he could.
0: Isn't um, I've traveled quite a bit lately, but I think traveling can be one of the most eye-opening experiences for any human being, uh, yeah. especially stepping out of kind of like the the U.S. culture that's very. I don't know. It's just it's just one. It's kind of one way. And when you get when you step into a completely different culture and a different country, and and you see how. The local community community interacts, and, and how people eat dinner together, and how people yeah. uh, just go about their their general day can be quite life altering.
1: Yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm I'm from the, born and raised in Brooklyn, so um, <laughs> you know, so so for me to be you know in that oh, so it's saying, like yeah, not, so I it's like you are
0: like you already are <laughs> in a foreign country. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, but you know what, it, it was very very eye opening. I mean. Um, having to do, sometimes if you don't have budget or you don't have staffing, what are you going to do? How do you support, you know, an organization of 14,000 end users with no support structure? I mean, basically when I stepped in, that's what it was like. And so it was very interesting meeting so many different types of people, but more so working, um, with their their local labor laws and, and, um, because you just don't want to end up in a Nairobi prison. Huh? Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very very awesome experience. Awesome. I definitely suggested. Um, you have a different appreciation for what you have, and I always used to come back rushing back home, and and um, you know, always just walking down the street is you take it for granted. You can't even step into your hotel without you know getting uh, going through a metal detector. Um, it's it's really it's really something else. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just got back from Egypt uh, a month ago and I stayed in this like very small village outside of Cairo. And I didn't realize Cairo was 9 million people. It's, you know, it's twice the size of LA. It's bigger than New York. Yeah, And you just see, and I was living in like one of the, I was staying in one of the poorer villages and I just saw, I saw everything that you just never see here in the United States. I saw a like a dad driving a motorcycle with his kid in front of him on the handlebars with his wife mm-hmm. on the back holding a baby um in bet- squished in between them you know down, dry, flying down the highway and then like you know a donkey pulling a car with two kids on it towing a you know a oh. cow on the side of the road you know, with another truck that's like flying on the street with this bulk as much as you could possibly stack into the back of a pickup truck. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, with like two guys laying down on top, just lounging. You know, just like hey, yeah, this is it. you know, and that's that's that was just the highway. That was just. Oh my
1: god. I I do like the traffic.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, and everyone uses the horn, you know, beeping every second, and they, and they use it as like a, a form of of communication, and it's just you know, it kind of all seems to work and and meld together. And then I got back to the United States, actually landed in JFK and I was driving back to uh, Massachusetts and um, I was like, no one's beeping their horn. Like, this is weird. Yeah. I was like, and now that I'm looking at this and I see the streets are clean, I was like, I'm in New York. I was like, I'm, I'm looking at this and this looks like pristine cleanliness. I was like, there's something wrong.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, it really puts a lot of perspective, especially when you can't freely walk down the street. Um, and um so i would stay next door to uh, it was very very interesting and i remember one of the first times i went i was just very you know i I'm, i'll basically talk to anybody and um there's paramilitary all over um in nairobi and i you were staying you know staying right to the israeli embassy because that's one of the safest places in nairobi to stay so i didn't get a chance to go like everyone asked me did you go on safari i've never gone on a safari <laughs> um i wish i did um but um, you know, I got I got stopped one day, and he asked me for my papers, and um, and I just took my hand out and said, "Hey, I'm Ed, right?" And he thought I said Ahmed, and mm-hmm. so I got pegged as Lebanese ah. next to the Israeli embassy. So you know, I, I definitely I uh, woke up a little very quickly.
0: <laughs> He's like, not Ahmed. It <laughs> <Yeah>. was Ed. <laughs> it was exactly. Ed. <laughs> You're like, oh man. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. so man, 14,000 end users. I mean, it's just like it's a big responsibility, man. Um, and then we got healthcare. And the one thing I noticed about IT leaders that are in healthcare, they kind of tend to stick in healthcare, or it's just healthcare people don't trust hiring non-healthcare people that haven't had any healthcare experience. What's the do they throw a lot at you? I mean, are you are you also managing like the hand dryer in the bathroom plus the mobile phones plus, you know, I mean, what's kind of like your scope of work that, you know, and, and how do you divide it all up?
1: I mean, so I like to think that I handle all of the service delivery. So meaning um, I'm reporting off all the services and all the capacity for IT. I actually will say that um, I have a real knack for it. I mean, I really took the ITIL and, and you know, and um, got my cert and everything. So I, I know how everything should function, even in other departments, because I noticed that everybody... Is, it's, IT is is siloed, right? Very, very much so. Um, but um, trying to really stay focused as far as um, off the services being offered. So anything uh-huh. from, yeah, your mobile... Stand, anything that touches IT, everything down from your new hire request um, all the way to your, your requesting a cell phone, so, um, or a report for example. It's all about, you know, providing, um, value.
0: Mm, mm. That's, um, a, a very high level description of a very complicated, yeah. a very, a very yeah. complicated thing, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. okay. Gotcha. So what would you say is your like single biggest and, and what, what's your single biggest or what would be somebody else's? that might be in a similar position as you single biggest struggle, frustration, or problem that you think, uh, th- that's a very typical, what, what's your single biggest struggle, you know, problem, frustration, you know, for someone in this role, this type of yeah. role. So, so I'll tell you
1: that, um, when you're walking into an environment that's not ideal or they don't, you know, they, they do things their own way or there's process, you know, uh, process of maturity across the board. Um, you know, you're definitely walking into an environment where you're not just you're handling your work, but you're also trying to change a company culture. By yourself, you're trying to educate your your coworkers and teammates, and try to enroll, in, actually enrolling them into adopting a view. It's a it's a massive. It, you know, it sometimes it seems a little overwhelming, um, and it, it helps when you have leadership that is on the same page. Um but at times when you when you're you're so I was brought into my current role to bring in a certain level of IT maturity. Um and at the first thing I walked in and saw that the incident process and how we how we even take and handle issues was completely wrong. And users would shoot an email over to IT. Anybody that re- saw that email would respond, Hey, I got it. And um, you know, end users never even knew when to expect a call back. And so it kinda so the the perception of IT was like, okay, somebody will get to me. And now you have a a mass of people that all want to be helped. There's no workflow. It's um, it's it, it's chaotic, right? But more mm-hmm. so when you have to convince your teammates, um, you know, the director of infrastructure, hey, you should be taking, you know, uh, incident requests or escalations like this, handling it like this, we'll own this. Those kind of mm-hmm. little tedious things sometimes fall between the cracks with some of these guys, and so that's that's the the biggest challenge that I've had um, is really trying to make sure that I got my uh, the rest of the the department on board
0: so well first of all the 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 trying to get people to join your parade and and and, yeah. wave your, and wave your flag basically and and getting and then but you've got to get leadership is the is the first kind of group of people yep. to get on the page. but if they but if they brought you in to begin with to kind of fix broken then hopefully they'll be they'll be open to you but any any ideas or you know what do you say do you, you know after a week of looking at things you you bring a you know, a PowerPoint presentation to executive management and say, Hey, look, here's what I see. And I need your help with this because this is the problem and this is where I can take it. And I need your support.
1: So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little something like that, But it's more about, I mean, it's after a week, that's kind of hard. I mean, you can, you can see, you can identify what's broken in the department. But what you really want to get is the feedback from your end users. You really want to know what the company, how the company perceives IT. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to know those pain points because, um, and that's why documentation is key so that you have that log. But in, you know, in, in the instances, like for example, this email, um, you know, I actually had to go around and schedule time with um, you know, major stakeholders and people that ran departments to really kind of get the, the, the feedback. Um, and that's how I start any kind of roadmap. I mean, that's how I know what I'm going to start, what's going to be my initiative. I yeah. really don't have sometimes, you know, I'll have initiatives handed down by my CIO as far as, but when I really need to get into the weeds to find out where I need to work first, mm-hmm. um, that's, I'm always going to ask the end users, what's the perception of IT? Because that's, that's the most important thing. And that's how I'll structure a plan of attack.
0: Mm. How about like... Um How about like surveys and stuff like that? Do you do a lot of surveying or anything like that, keywording and then kind of taking those keywords and filtering it and bucketing it into various different segmentations and silos? You,
1: you know what you, in a, in an ideal setting, right? Yeah. That's that's totally great. When you have, when you have uh, a process that automatically shoots off Let's say every three tickets or four tickets, you get a quick survey. That's awesome. But um, you, you, you gotta remember that you are sometimes dealing with end users that have no no set you know uh, level of expectation around anything of it so it's, it's going to be a lot of engaging them one-on-one um and i did i did that i would go to a location and i schedule a few people i would be there for like a few days and, and i want to speak to everybody and understand what's going on because every location has a different type of um uh, feel and and persona like the boston mm. people in boston are totally different than people in new york and they're you know so the, the same issues Nah, come on. Oh my God. And LA too. So like, you know, you really want to understand what, um, what's the concern at that location.
0: Yeah. 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 I gotcha. Um, yeah. So that's great. Basically, um, you know, obviously take their feedback and, and again, it's about serving. It's not about just, uh, fixing a problem and and, and fixing broken. So, uh, it's awesome, man. Hey, um, it's been great having you on the show. I really appreciate it. If you had, you know, just for, again, you had a mentor, um, and I haven't run into many IT managers that have had mentors, but if you had, you know, any one piece of advice or, um, you know, major piece of advice for, you know, the other IT directors and and mid-market IT directors that are listening to the show out there and, and possibly in a, in a situation similar to yours, like in the past, et cetera, you know, what, what would that be?
1: uh um that you know sometimes i sometimes try to run to the finish line right that mm-hmm. change is going to take some time mm-hmm. that even though you you might be making progress and it's not visible to you that that is that you are making an impact you know yeah. in, within it and to always kind of you know treat your staff right i mean i have <laughs> i have some folks that uh some guys that have stuck with me throughout the years that mm-hmm. it's really, really, it's kind of nice to be able to give them a call. Hey, I got a role for you. And, mm-hmm. and they would jump ship r- real quick. So mm. you no, know, stay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so that's, so, that's a
0: whole another podcast that we need to talk about oh yeah. <laughs> how to hire, how to hire and how to know whether your guy's ready to jump ship immediately and doesn't even care that he's at your uh, place.
1: Trust me. I, you know what I mean? But, um, I, I have very, very, very little turnover, if ever. So, uh-huh. um, and that's, yeah, treat your staff well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. Well, Hey, I, I really appreciate you being on the show. It's, uh, it's Friday when we're recording this right now. So I hope you have a great weekend. Um, and man, uh, I hope to have you on again in the future, especially if we want to talk about that staffing thing, because I think that's a, that's a subject that really just hasn't been tackled yet. Uh, Trust me, anything you need to know, I'm more than happy.